Hey y'all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to follow the podcast, get new updates when we've got uh, some awesome content available, uh, definitely go to reallifepharmacology.com. As a bonus, we'll get you our 30-page PDF on the top 200 drugs. It's a great study guide, great refresher if you're out in practice. Uh, so definitely go take advantage of that. Simply an email is all it's going to cost you. So again, do that at reallifepharmacology.com. All right, the drug of the day today is tamoxifen. Brand name of this medication is Novadex. Also, Soltamax is also another brand name that you might hear. Uh, this medication is classified as a SERM, S-E-R-M. And that stands for Selective estrogen receptor modulator. Uh, Mechanistically, how does this drug work? What does it do? Uh, In practice, the primary use that I've seen this medication used for um, is breast cancer treatment, breast cancer risk reduction. And it works by selectively binding estrogen receptors. That's right in the name, selective estrogen receptor modulator. And essentially, this uh, binding of the estrogen receptors on tumors prevents estrogen from binding. And for certain estrogen uh, receptor-mediated tumors, this is essentially going to reduce DNA synthesis and ultimately slow the growth if we prevent estrogen from binding those receptors. So, tamoxifen prevents that estrogen from binding, which ultimately uh, reduces and or slows the growth of uh, tumors. So again, the primary use, obviously breast cancer risk reduction. Dosing of this medication is usually pretty straightforward. Um, Most of the time it's going to be 20 milligrams once a day. Uh, The timing and how long that medication is taken can vary. Um, In my experience, uh, it is given for five years and then reassessed depending upon the severity of the cancer and the type of cancer and so on and so forth. So um, that's definitely more of a a specialized thing. Um, But for most patients that you're probably going to encounter, there's going to be, um, I mean, these patients are probably seeing an oncologist on an annual basis, but um, that five-year period is really where that drug is assessed and they determine if it's going to be continued due to XYZ risk factors, uh, maybe for another five years, or if it uh, can be potentially discontinued at that time. So again, that can vary based upon a a bunch of different factors, which I'm not going to go into those specific details uh, with with breast cancer at this time. Because I want to get into adverse effects, I think this is more of an important role um, in Uh, probably most of the patients that you're going to see if you're working in primary care, uh, geriatrics, polypharmacy, um, those realms, I definitely want to touch on the adverse effects because there there definitely are quite a few that um, I have seen and or um, I think patients should be aware of. So uh, first and foremost, I wanted to start with the boxed warnings. Uh, So uterine cancer, endometrial cancer, uh, DVTPE, stroke risk, um, these are risks associated with tamoxifen, but obviously we're treating a very, very uh, important condition as well. 
So that's what clinicians always have to do is weigh the risk versus benefits uh, of the, the medications there. Uh, in particular, I wanted to mention, you know, DVT, PE, and stroke risk. Um, this is something we can educate our patients on uh, and, and try to encourage our patients to reduce other risk factors. So uh, if they're smoking, if they have elevated blood pressure, elevated cholesterol, obviously they're at greater risk for things like stroke. Um, obesity, another classic example, if we can encourage uh, some of those lifestyle changes, more exercise, better uh, eating, things of that nature. Um, so I think that's a really important angle to take um, with patients if they see that, let's say they're worried about stroke risk on this medication. It's like, well, that's a good time to address um, some of those other modifiable risk factors that we can look at there. Uh, other adverse drug reactions. So Probably the one I have seen and heard of most is uh, hot flashes, uh, those type of symptoms with this medication. Uh, because if you think about, you know, kind of the estrogen pathophysiology, um, we give estrogen to manage hot flashes in postmenopausal women. So it makes sense that. If we're using a drug that kind of reduces the action of estrogen or blocks the action of estrogen, uh, it's probably pretty intuitive that an adverse event from this medication could be hot flashes. So flushing, you know, that vasodilation, those type of things uh, can certainly happen with this medication. Uh, with that, um, you may see additional medications be added on. And as a pharmacist, it's not something uh, that I like to see happen often, but occasionally uh, we do feel like we absolutely need to use a drug, you know, in this case for, let's say, breast cancer risk reduction, uh, and we can't get by without using it. So we might manage those side effects with other medications. Um, so examples of meds that maybe used to help manage those hot flashes. Um, obviously, we don't want to use estrogen uh, because that would kind of defeat the purpose uh, of what we're trying to do with uh, reducing that cancer risk. So non-hormonal options um, that I've definitely seen used are SNRIs, uh, duloxetine, maybe a venlafaxine, uh, gabapentinoids, and even SSRIs at times as well. So um, but with that, I do want to caution you about some drug interactions. So um, pay attention to that. Like SSRIs, there's definitely a few, and I'll get into that in the drug interactions section. Um, but pay attention to that because um, drug interactions could reduce the effectiveness of uh, tamoxifen. All right, let's stick on adverse drug reactions. Uh, so there are some uh, rare uh, eye changes, visual changes that can happen. Uh, generally, that's going to be higher dosages, longer duration is going to increase that risk, um, but I do think it is important to note there. Uh, probably on the more common vein, you might see some GI upset, um, also some vaginal uh, changes, maybe some, some abnormal discharge, potentially some dryness as well. Uh, so that can be uh, um, stressing and upsetting to our patients. Uh, reduced libido can happen too with this medication. If you think about it, we're kind of altering, altering kind of the estrogen um, component, and that could definitely change some things uh, with libido there too. Uh, abnormal uterine bleeding has been reported, fatty liver disease, 
so I think those are, are important uh, adverse effects to note and pay attention to. Now, let's talk about kinetics a little bit. So, uh, this drug is pretty much considered a pro-drug in that uh, it is activated by an enzyme in the body. Tamoxifen itself does have some activity, uh, but the metabolites, what it's changed to in the body, are much more active uh, and have the drug action that we want to a greater extent uh, than the parent compound, tamoxifen. So, tamoxifen is activated by CYP2D6. So pharmacogenomics can play a role here. If you've got a slow metabolizer, so uh, somebody that has basically closer to an inactive uh, CYP2D6 system, there is potential that these patients may not respond as well to tamoxifen. It may not work that well because we're not getting that conversion to the active compound. So uh, important thing, I think, to think about and to know. Um, definitely something that might show up uh, on board exams as well there. Uh, Half-life is a, a little bit longer maybe than traditional medications. We're in the, the neighborhood of, of five to seven days, and that's of tamoxifen. And uh, some of the active metabolites uh, are even longer than that, maybe up to 14 days. All right, let's take a quick break from our sponsor, and we'll wrap up with drug interactions. If you're in the market for any pharmacist board certification study materials like BCPS, ambulatory care, geriatrics, BCMTMS, NAPLEX, or others, go check out meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. We've got a great list of resources that can help you pass your board exams, numerous testimonials uh, from over uh, a thousand candidates now. Um, who've used our content and definitely helped them uh, prepare and pass their exam. So again, uh, go check out all those links at meded101.com slash store. Uh, if you're a nurse, med student, uh, other healthcare professional looking for help on pharmacology, we've got the Flippin' Pharmacology flashcards on Amazon. Uh, we've also got a, a new release, the Pharmacology Crossword Puzzle Book. Um, which can definitely help you uh, study and prepare in more of a fun, uh, enjoyable manner as well. So again, all those links you'll find at meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. All right, wrapping up with drug interactions. This is one of my favorites, of course, being a pharmacist. Uh, so I mentioned CYP2D6. I alluded to pharmacogenomic changes or alterations that may impact the effectiveness of tamoxifen. You've got to remember drugs that can inhibit CYP2D6 as well. And if you remember, I talked about hot flashes uh, and that we might use SSRIs to help manage those symptoms or SNRIs. Um, there are a few antidepressants that are uh, significantly stronger CYP2D6 inhibitors than others. So drug like paroxetine, uh, fluoxetine, that would be brand name Prozac, uh, paroxetine is Paxil, and then uh, a non-SSRI, bupropion or Wellbutrin, uh, is also a fairly strong CYP2D6 inhibitor. So what these drugs are going to do is potentially uh, prevent the action and reduce the effectiveness of tamoxifen. So very, very critical um, if you're working in, in primary care, you know, working in a community pharmacy, wherever, 
that when you see somebody on tamoxifen, you definitely pay attention uh, when a psychotropic medication is added uh, because there are quite a few that can inhibit CYP2D6. And that's definitely something uh, that we're going to want to talk with oncology about, uh, as well as the primary care provider, making sure that we're getting them uh, the correct medication and the safest medication uh, and not reducing the effectiveness of tamoxifen. Uh, on that same vein, um, CYP3A4 inducers may reduce uh, the concentrations of some of those active metabolites. So remember, a CYP, uh, an inducer, CYP3A4 inducer, is going to basically activate or stimulate that enzyme to work faster. And when it does that, it chews up some of those active metabolites a little bit quicker, and that can ultimately uh, reduce some of the effectiveness there. Uh, classic examples, uh, carbamazepine, phenytoin, rifampin. And then lastly, I do want to mention warfarin. Uh, tamoxifen can potentially raise the concentrations of warfarin. So when you first initiate this medication, um, that's definitely something to pay attention to. And one thing that I always think about too, if we do run into this interaction, um, you should uh, be on alert uh, because, hey, what are we using warfarin for? Well, we're probably using it for you know blood clot prevention, so reducing the risk of stroke, reducing the risk of DVT, for example. And tamoxifen can increase that risk as well. So um, definitely plenty to play with and uh, plenty to review as far as risk versus benefits of those medications. But uh, did want to mention that tamoxifen itself can potentially um, raise the concentrations of warfarin. So uh, if it is assessed and it's deemed appropriate that we continue tamoxifen and warfarin, when we start that tamoxifen, we're likely to see uh, those warfarin concentrations go up, which is obviously going to raise uh, that INR. All right. Well, I think that wraps up the podcast for today. If you found this helpful, please do us a huge favor. Leave us a rating review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Greatly appreciate that. Uh, also, please support the sponsor, meded101.com slash store. Any purchases there go directly to support this podcast, help keep it free, and uh, obviously at no cost to you. If you want to reach out to me, you got suggestions for the podcast or any other comments, questions, um, mededucation101 at gmail.com, or you can track me down on LinkedIn as well, Eric Christensen, PharmD, BCPS, BCGP. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.